0: Okay, quite on the set everybody. Stand by, roll camera, speed, roll sound, speed, market, and cute talent. Hello and welcome. I'm your host, Art Aldridge, and this week we're gonna talk about the news coming from the Apple Universe. Very exciting times. But before I get to everything Apple, I want to share some feedback that I got from listeners on episode 96, my rant on corporate communications. The one thing I have to say is that misery loves company. Longtime listener Chip said, Your story gave me PTSD. I hope merely writing about this doesn't wake the sleeping bear. I don't want to go back there again. Chip, maybe someday you'll share that story On the airwaves. Also, listener David Levin left this voicemail on the TWIP
1: hotline. Hey Art, this is David Levin. I'm in Oradell, New Jersey, and I was just listening to your most uh, recent podcast about uh, jobs from hell, and I could totally relate. Um, This is part of why I try never to do a flat fee on any job, uh, especially when it involves editing and revisions. I have uh, what I call the McDonald's theory, which is your client says, okay, I want you to go to McDonald's for me and pick me up a hamburger. And um, here's $10. And you buy the hamburger and you get to keep all, all the rest of it. And you say, okay, well, that's pretty good. I'll still come back with an 875 maybe or 850, whatever hamburger cross these days. And as you're walking out the door, he goes, you know what, get me fries with that. And you say, well, okay, I'm still making a decent profit. And then you're on the elevator and you get a call on your cell phone and he says, you know what, could you get me a Diet Coke too? Large Diet Coke. Okay, that's fine. And now you're heading into McDonald's. You're opening the door and you get a phone call. Said, you know what, get me, uh, get me an apple pie also. So now you you're floating around 5 bucks, but you're still going to make 5 bucks on the deal uh because it's a flat fee. And then just as you're getting up to the line to uh to place your order, he calls back and he goes, "You know what? My assistant is hungry too. Could you get two of everything?" Well, now you're spending about, you know, $10.50 and you're out money and you say, "Well, you know, this is not the parameters of work that we originally said, and this is starting to cost money, and the client turns around and says, well, you agreed to do this for $10, so not quite the same thing where the where the work parameters change, but we have all been through that when you're getting paid a flat fee, uh, the client will noodle until the, the cows come home and frequently will make it your fault that you didn't get it right the first time, uh, not always, but this is part of why I try not to do too many um, flat fees for editing. An hourly rate tends to focus their attention uh, a bit more and make them say, okay, it's good enough, or nope, I'm willing to spend the num- dollars per hour to uh, to get it done the way exactly the way I want. Anyway, enjoy the podcast, and uh, looking forward to more.
0: So thanks for those of you who sent me feedback. I do appreciate it. Now on to everything Apple. On October 18th, Apple held a special event which was highly anticipating the new M1-based MacBook Pros. The 16-inch MacBook Pro. We were all expecting to get a M1 processor variant. M1 is the new chipset that Apple's designing with custom architecture, it's supposed to take advantage of, you know, all the stuff they've learned from phones and iPads. We've all seen the theoretical speed improvements that you get from the Apple Silicon. So there was a lot of anticipation, so a lot of speculation. If you follow the rumor sites like I do, Apple Insider, or Mac Rumors, and, you know, all kinds of other sites, you were expecting many possible things, including maybe new... Uh, Mac minis with the Pro designation, uh, iMacs maybe with the new Pro designation using Apple Silicon. Of course, what we got was a 16-inch MacBook Pro, and I'll say an unexpected 14-inch MacBook Pro based on the new M1 Pro or M1 Max chipset. I wasn't able to see the keynote live. I was uh, out on the West Coast doing a job. actually messed up the time because I was used to always being East Coast and the one o'clock time is really East Coast, 10 a.m. West Coast. I was on the West Coast. I completely missed the live event, but I caught the tail end of it before it was too late. And of course, I did place an order almost immediately. And you may say, Art, what did you order? Well, I'm about to tell you what I ordered. I ordered a 16-inch m one max i don't think I went over the top with it, but I basically bought the ten core cpu thirty two core gpu thirty two gigabyte unified memory variation, which was the base of thirty four ninety nine and then I stepped up the storage to two terabytes internal, and that put my purchase price at thirty eight ninety nine now you may say, well, why didn't you go for the 64 gigabytes of unified memory? I don't know why I didn't do it. I Maybe I should have. My feeling is that it may not make a difference in performance. If there shows to be a big difference, I will certainly, you know, get another one. I'm not afraid to get, you know, multiple laptops. But this is more of an experimentation for me. So I went with the 32 gigabytes We'll see if that was a wise decision or penny-wise, pound-foolish, or however that expression goes. We'll see if I made a mistake. Only time will tell. But alongside these laptops, the 14-inch and 16-inch, which the specs on them are very good, mini-LED, everything that I wanted, you know, the included SD card slot is back, the MagSafe connector, which I like, is back, HDMI port, which... You know, sometimes I use, sometimes I don't. I could take it or leave it. I was really hoping Ethernet was going to make an appearance on the, at least on the power adapter, which was rumored. That rumor turned out to be false. So you still need an adapter for Ethernet, but at least you've got MagSafe. I've got an SD card slot now because more and more of my cameras are using SD-based media. So those are all good things. Mini LED display looks great. Speed, in theory, is going to be off the chart, but will the machines really be able to take advantage of it? Will the software really take advantage of this new architecture? That is the million-dollar question. Alongside the hardware announcements, but separately and and maybe quietly, Apple announced an update to Final Cut Pro. It went from 10.5 to 10.6 we're not really sure what is deep inside the 10.6 update. On the surface, it appears like there's only maybe two major features and some bug fixes, but there are some references in the release notes to improve performance with Apple Silicon, notably uh, with codecs and uh, stability with, with Apple Silicon. This is the mystery part that everybody wants to know. Is Final Cut going to perform better, maybe better than my 2019 Mac Pro, which was, you know, five times the cost of the laptop? Will the laptop with the new M1 Max chip be faster? Jury is out, but we will see. But the two things that they did talk about as features for Final Cut Pro both seem interesting to me. One is the ability to take the iPhone 13 cinematic mode and use that metadata for focus and be able to change it after the fact. So now in post-production, if I shot something with cinematic mode on the phone and I have focus, selective focus set, that file with the metadata now comes in the final cut and I can change the focus point after the fact. I can pull focus, I can adjust focus, and I can play with the aperture. So if I want it more out of focus or less, you can do that. I'm not sure if you can actually change the mask. That would be awesome. I didn't see that mentioned, but maybe there is some mechanism to do that, which would be amazing, right? To be able to take that mask and then adjust it uh, for possible bad edges or, or funkiness. I've seen a little bit of funkiness sometimes with the edge detection on the masking. But they showed that cinematic mode metadata and editing, which is really cool. But I think a better feature and one that I can probably use more frequently is a new motion tracker. And if you haven't seen the demos, I recommend going to Ripple Training on YouTube. They did a fantastic little two-feature what's new on these features, the cinematic mode and the uh, motion tracker and it's a great overview on the features are going to have some in-depth training it looks like going with the tracker but the tracker is basically working in real time using machine learning and when you drag an object let's say I want to track a graphic to a car in the video clip I can take the graphic drag it into the viewer it'll detect the the objects in the video frame that I want to might want to track to. After Effects has this um, feature, but it works a little more clunky, I think. But I can basically drag a graphic into a video frame in the viewer, find the object I want to track, drop it, analyze the scene and it will track to it. And then I can adjust positioning and things like that. But it works very, very slick, very quickly. I think it's gonna be a game changer in terms of doing motion tracking. You can apply effects to the motion track. It doesn't just have to be objects. It's very, very slick. I think it's one of the best features I've seen added to Final Cut in a long time. I would say it's equivalent maybe to the new multicam feature that they added a few uh, years ago to Final Cut 10 in terms of its uh, importance as a tool. Motion also got some updates to support some of these new features. But overall, I think it's a good update. The jury is out on whether it will make a difference in everyday workflow. I am really hoping it does. One mention was that it has basically the ProRes encoding acceleration built into the hardware via what I purchased in my Mac Pro as an afterburner card. They're basically saying that afterburner type performance gains are included in the chip. So I've placed this order for the laptop. I got in probably, you know, in the very beginning because I am gonna get mine next week and I will do a full series of benchmarks. I will try to publish that information in a way that makes sense. I know there's gonna be a million YouTubers all over it. In terms of the Apple hardware roadmap, I expect maybe end of next year, we will see a mac pro with the new silicon. No one really knows where that's going to wind up in terms of, you know, hardware and PCI expansion. All of that is a mystery still. And I think it's going to take them at least until June to announce it and maybe longer. And, you know, I don't think we're going to see a new mac pro anytime before next September. That's my prediction. But these are exciting times. I do expect some machines to fall in line before the Mac Pro. Maybe a new M1 Mini with the Max chip. Maybe certainly an iMac Pro with the Max chip, I believe, will be on the horizon. So exciting times in the Apple universe. I will update you as I get my new machine. Do you have something to say? Drop me an email at thisweekinproduction at gmail.com. Or even better, call our new TWIP voice mailbox and leave us a message. 601-564-TWIP. That's 601-564-8947. Also, a reminder that this week in production is available on all major podcast platforms, including Spotify, iTunes, and Google Play. So please subscribe to get every episode lastly, if you like what you hear, would you mind giving me a rating or a review? I'd appreciate that. Okay, that's a wrap on this week in production. Thanks for listening.